Hello, telling everybody everything. I get so many messages on social media asking me for the email. It's telling everybody everything at gmail.com and I mention it all the time. I guess I mentioned it towards the end, so I'll do it at the beginning. If you want to write me a letter telling everybody everything, do not email telling everyone everything that is not the same email. That's not how emails work. You can't just generally get something close and expect it to come to me. Though, the owner of that inbox does forward me messages, but she's going to get real pissed off real soon. I do forget, I don't forget to do the podcast once a week, but I just don't feel that there's value in chucking one out every week if I've got nothing to say. And who's got something to say every week? In the pandemic, which is ongoing apparently, I had a lot of time on my hands and now I am very thankful to be back at work quite steadily. I hope that the same is true for you in your household. I hope you are bringing in the cash and taking your kids back to school. I know that in Canada, a lot of people are choosing to homeschool, even though the numbers in Canada are low, low, low. My town, I mean, they're having a terrible time. These are the most frightened people of COVID that I've ever heard of in my life, and they are naturally socially distanced anyway. I think they have maybe one active case and that person isn't sick. And a ton of my friends are like, oh God. In terms of my family, my daughter's report card for the progress of half term came in and she did very well, though her marks are lower than you would imagine in French. I have her permission to share this with you because, of course, it's my fault. Violet said, oh, well, my French teacher asked who speaks French at home and I raised my hand and I said, my mother is fluent in French. So naturally, he has high expectations of my French, but you, mom, didn't bother to teach me any French. And this is shamefully true. Canadians are meant to speak French and English. I know a lot of Canadians who don't bother, much in the same way that here in the UK, you know, you call it the United Kingdom. None of you speak Gaelic or Welsh, really. They don't teach it in schools. They should. It's not hard to put multi-languages in a multilingual country. Lingual. <laughs> There's my English. On signage, we do it in Canada, and most of us pick it up. Moi-même, je parle en français, mais je n'ai absolument fait aucun effort pour enseigner le français à ma fille. Les raisons sont simples. Je suis paresseuse et une mauvaise mère. So there you go. And she's absolutely right. I just didn't teach it to her. I forgot. And now her teacher rightfully is like, well, you should be an expert. Talk to your mother. Ask her why she didn't bother to teach you a language that she knows. I have to agree with the teachers. It is the parents' job. Education begins at home. Mothers have the audacity to work now, so there are ready meals and babysitters. I mean, my babysitter was never going to teach Violet an extra language. My babysitter, sweet as she was, taught Violet about Starbucks, holidays, and getting her nails done. Lovely girl. Lovely girl. Violet's favorite babysitter, genuinely. But my friend Jen has a Spanish nanny, and I do understand the benefit of an au pair if you can afford one. I mean, these people are dedicated to early childhood education, and they only speak to their kids in their language if that's what you want. And that's the only way to teach a language. I'm sorry. The reason that no one is learning French as a second language properly at school is because they use English to teach it. When my parents sent me to a French school, which was bullying, by the way, because they just dropped me off one day when I was three years old. They were like, bye-bye, no intro. And I go into L'Ecole Saint-Thomas-d'Aquin, where every thing was in French, geography in French, history in French, math in French, no English. 
I peed my pants and I was the kind of kid, I was potty trained very early. Like my daughter, I was not a pants wedding child, but I asked to go to the toilet and they just stare right back at you hardcore and be like, en français, Catherine. And I was like, bitch, I'm three and I have no, no one's ever spoken to me in French before. And you sink or swim that way. Everything's in French. So they will show you a boat and say bateau. They won't say, all right, kids, a boat is a bateau. When you're making that leap, when you have to do all the translation in your own head, then you're not thinking in French. You know what I mean? It's not going to work. It's never going to work. If I was a French teacher, which I am not, I don't think that I would ever be allowed to be uh, around kids or teaching. You know, it would only be a few days before I did or said something inappropriate that would get me fired. And the, the line now is so shallow. You can't do anything. You, if you think a child is in danger, you can't even uh, help them or go to their house or try to invest. No, no. There are so many layers of legal protection now and boundaries and distance that you have to keep as a teacher. You're not allowed to really give your opinion. You have to stick to the curriculum. I would be in breach of those rules straight away. But I would teach my French class with the rule that I grew up with, which is no English. If you don't know how to say it, then we're going to have a game of charades. American Canadian listeners, that's how we say charades in the UK. And yeah, and how did I learn that? Because I just immersed myself in the British language. <laughs> did I tell you guys about Bobby's foreign language fatigue? Bobby's tired. We didn't know why. And it turns out he has an actual syndrome, foreign language fatigue, which is from listening and making sense of a foreign language. And all that is is a different accent. Just people with regional accents in the UK, Scottish, Irish, that is confusing Bobby. We have to watch Love Island with the subtitles on. But he's immersed. He is immersed. And he uses words now like courgette. I don't patronize him, patronize him by calling it a zucchini in my kitchen. That's a courgette. He learns the word. My point is, I'm so sorry to Violet's French teacher, I should have taught it to her. I was busy trying to keep us alive and forge a career and become the nation's sweetheart and an international celeb. From now on, maybe we'll do like French Sunday, Bastille Day in the house. We'll listen to Bastille and I will speak to Violet only in French and she'll just have to sink or swim. Which brings me to the UK's latest political abomination. There are conversations about whether people who cannot afford to feed their children should have children. and. Poor parents are buying smokes and cans of cider instead of feeding their kids. And there is this constant vilification of the poor in response to a recent vote about whether vulnerable children should be receiving free meals during school holidays. Obviously, this country, like many others, is going through a particularly difficult financial period. Shelter capacities are at the maximum. Food bank usage has increased. All types of families who absolutely thought that they had security are now in the position that they could benefit from socialized meals for their children. You would think that it would be reasonable in a developed country that we prioritize feeding hungry children, but we don't. So there was a vote and the MPs voted it down. So now these children who need meals will not be getting them through school holidays. This has been a problem all lockdown with children not going to school. We can't, um, as a society, really keep track of their welfare. We don't really know what's going on. Some of them will only get reliably fed 
at school. And apparently this is a problem. This is a problem in a society where the government allocates billions of dollars to a broken track and trace app, allocates millions to, you know, contracts for PPE equipment with their friends, has free lunches, bottles of champagne, the MPs themselves have gotten a pay rise. It's fucking bananas. And because of our tabloid culture blaming migrants or blaming poor people who steal way less from you than massive corporations and MPs, you want to talk about uh, the people who make decisions. They live in tax-funded houses and they have tax-funded healthcare, and they don't go to the same hospitals or schools that we do. And this is not just a British problem and it's not just a conservative problem either. I know that we're tricked by everything that tells, you know, all those shows on TV, Britain's fattest rabbit and oh, your nightmare benefit scroungers next door. And oh, I have 24 kids and I want our prime minister has 24 kids and he pays for them out of whose pocket yours. And he sends them to private schools because he, you know, doesn't want to deal with all of them directly himself, but he also doesn't want them around your children. So now I'm paying tax in a country where a footballer is feeding the vulnerable kids. A footballer. He should be free to have gangbangs with teenagers and cheat on his wife and get caught with drugs and hookers. You know, do whatever footballers are out there doing. <laughs> That's what I thought footballers were like. But no, they're doing the good deeds now. When footballers have the moral high ground, then you know you're in trouble. And here's what baffles me about civil service, because that is what a politician is supposed to be, a civil servant. And I know that there are MPs uh, at a lower level who get into it, not to be megalomaniac demagogues, but because they want to help their constituents and they want to make a difference in the world and they want to combat poverty and domestic assault and advocate for healthcare, do all these wonderful things. I know that those people exist, but... How do you guys not see, and I'm speaking about people who are on the breadline themselves, but defend the greedy, power-hungry psychopaths, and I do mean psychopaths, no disrespect to the mentally infirmed, but I think that wanting that much power is a neurological disease. And let's say, and this is not even directed at conservatives or anyone else, it's, it's all across the parties, I think. Let's say I'm a Martian and I want to be a powerful Martian and my career matters to me and I like being a leader and I love the idea of being in charge. And I'm from a planet where uh, things happened a certain way. I got a lot of beautiful things given to me. I went to a great school. I played cricket and I did all those other things that everyone on my Martian planet does and that's life. And then I'm given the opportunity to be in charge of a new planet where I have no idea about how anything works, about how law actually works, about how feeding your children actually works. I might for a moment be so privileged that I think I'm smart enough to do that job. I have empathy. Sure, I can make good decisions for these people. I could be their leader. But when I see that it isn't fucking working and I actually don't know what I'm talking about and I have no idea how much milk costs on that planet or what everyday life is like on that planet and it's completely foreign to me, then I think you take a look in the mirror and I step down and I go, damn, like shouldn't someone from that planet govern it best? Or maybe I should at least consult with someone from that planet. And that is the divide in this country, especially. I mean, I know that Justin Trudeau in Canada, he had a very 
different life to most Canadians growing up. But in this country, all of your politicians, all of them, grow up with Martian lives. They're shipped away to a military school when they're like four. They are like Spartans. They don't have real connections with their parents, I think. And then they grow up thinking that money grows on trees and your nanny is important. In the pandemic, they were like, well, all right, we're going to bring back the useful things like your butlers and your nannies. Real people mostly don't have those things. How can you decide how much money a family needs or what a school should be like or how a hospital should run when you don't use any of those services yourself? You never have had to. You're a Martian. How hard is that to say objectively, oh, we're from utterly different planets? And you even have different names. When I was writing The Duchess, People said to me, oh, well, you can't call a certain person. You can't have Maya Gemma be called Sandra because actually that's a name for this type of person this age. Oh, well, you, if you call Shep's wife Cheryl, then she's common, you know, because a posh person would never be called Cheryl. What? We don't have that in Canada in any way. We do have, you know, I think naughty names. I think it's reasonable that... We have Liz Tylers and Dylans in Canada, I think, are pretty naughty. And if you name your child Chardonnay, then obviously, you know, that's a, that's a choice. But none of it is linked to money or what your great-great-grandfather did for a living and what kind of land portfolio you're about to inherit. And in this country, posh people like that take the piss. They name their children things that they know will never have to be on a professional CV. Like... Tiger and Bunny and Boo Boo and Binky, those names can be little doll teddy bear names because you're just going to inherit your mother's latex jewelry company. That's your life. You don't have to actually have a name like Barry or Colin or James. You don't have to mix in with a society and you don't want to. If you had a double barreled name in Canada, it just meant your parents are divorced. And here it'd be, oh, Cynthia Harrington Bosley, because you need to know that I'm from two amazing lineages and you just don't want to drop the name. And I do, you know, I'm all for keeping your mother's maiden name, except it's not about her, is it? It'll be about her duchess mother married to some important old man. I mean, it's never... It's so weird to me still that people change their names. I know I've spoken about it before, but it's, I'm trying to find some girlfriends from high school and it's all like they're in the witness protection fucking program because they've all changed. They're just disappeared. They have these weird new names that I cannot learn. But I digress. Once again, as always, I'm just saying this country is a trip time and time again. I would love, I know there were the debates in America and I didn't watch them and I won't be watching them. I would just love it. If there was a rule for politicians that they had to live like the people, amongst the people, that would really weed out the power-hungry weirdos, and I think it would heal the world. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So many emails because I've left it a week. Let's get to the first one. Catherine, my parents are Trump supporters. I'm writing to you because I'd like some advice on communicating with them, especially my mother. I grew up in Wisconsin in a small suburb that is known for being a bubble. It isn't very diverse and everyone's pretty wealthy. My parents live in Phoenix now. My 30-year-old sister lives in Berlin and I live in New York City. Woo! We got a real Emily in Paris on our hands. What a beautiful life. My sisters and I are very liberal and have recently had very heated conversations with our parents. At one point, my mom sent us an email titled, Something to Consider Before You Vote. It was very condescending and included some incorrect stats on abortion. Oh, really? And a YouTube video of an evangelical Christian man. We aren't even evangelical. My sister and I fact-checked what this man was saying and attempted to send a thoughtful and relatively kind response, explaining that this is simply misleading and incorrect information that is not backed by any credible sources. This ended with my mom telling my sister, she's right not to want to have children because they will just break your heart. Ew. Since that fight, we repaired things a little, and I've tried to maintain a relationship by doing quick FaceTime chats to show them my new puppy or sending pictures of meals that I have cooked. Usually it's okay, but last week she got mad at me for reporting my racist extended family member on Facebook for using hate speech and defended him as a harmless redneck. She also said that if Facebook removes things that people post, we're just like Russia. I hate that I'm trying to maintain a surface-level relationship with my mom when we used to be much closer. I want to be able to be around her for more than 20 minutes without losing my mind. My boyfriend's parents are quite pleasant to be around, so it would be so much easier to go visit them in Canada for the holidays. Well, that's what you think. It's very cold in Canada for the holidays. Then visiting my parents, but I know this would break my mom's heart. I know she still loves me a lot, but I just don't understand why she does not see how terrible Trump is that his policies are affecting people that I love. Aye, aye, aye. I think a lot of people are experiencing this in families across the world right now, certainly in America and in the UK. I know that Arizona has been a predominantly Republican state, what, since like 1952, apart from they voted for Bill Clinton and then it was blue. And now it's possible that it could be turned maybe Democrat this year. I think it's closer than it's ever been. However, you're not going to change your mother's mind and she's not going to change yours. That much is clear. And I totally understand why it's difficult to employ the let's agree to disagree when it comes to fundamental moral values. It's all right if one person likes Mexican food and another person likes Italian food, but when you think that someone in your life that you love is making decisions to hurt a huge demographic of people, that's really difficult to overlook. For me personally, it goes back to the absence of truth. And every party across the board can be bought, can be influenced, tell lies without repercussions. All this misinformation is spread. So really when families are arguing, everyone's gaslit because their facts are wrong. Your facts could be wrong. Another thing is manipulated. And there's no accountability. If you told a lie at your job, if I was difficult to work with and, and just told countless lies, well, I do tell lies on stage, but I'm, I'm allowed. But I mean, I'm trying to illustrate a central truth and I tell lies to protect people, but I don't out and out invent 
harmful lies, I really think that should be illegal. I really think there should be some accountability for that. And then at least we are debating with facts. The truth is someone is vacuuming in my house and I'm sorry for that if you can hear it. I'm as far away from them as I can be. But also in my house, we have an amnesty because I have observed that my husband, Bobby, receives a very different news cycle to me. As a heteronormative, cisgendered white man who watches a lot of sports, barstool sports, Joe Rogan type stuff, I don't know. I, I look over in bed and I see him receiving totally different news to me. And he's not like your parents, but every once in a while, he'll be like a disparaging comment about Kamala Harris. And I have to preserve my sanity and my relationship by saying, do you know what? You and I can't talk about these things. We just can't because sometimes it gets too viscerally hurtful. To tell you the truth, I would be ashamed if my mother were naive enough to believe in anti-abortion things and send me evangelical bullshit. Like that would embarrass me. I would lose respect for my mother. I'm sorry I would. And that is so sad for you to feel that way, to outgrow your parents or to feel like the adult when they're doing stupid, silly things. There's a real coming of age with that and it's painful. So I am really sorry. She sounds totally radicalized. However, that's your mom. You only get one mom. I think right now it's so tumultuous. I think it's okay to just say, mom, I love you. I feel like some of the comments that you make in articles you sent me are, are, views that hurt people. And for that reason, let's call an amnesty. I won't discuss my things politically. You don't discuss yours. I think it's okay to have that amnesty with your mom and just say, please, I love you. I want to have a relationship with you. Let's leave this off the table. Here's a great one. It's from Mike. Catherine, I tried your podcast. I listened to a couple of the older ones, made it through three minutes of your Cardi B rant. Today, I listened to almost all of my stepfather is 42 and finally realized that this is just feminist, postmodern, pseudo-equality, anti-male boredom. Yawn, Catherine. Yawn. I thought you were funny on TV, kooky and edgy. Not anymore. Like I give a fuck, Mike. How stupid are you, motherfucker, that it took three podcasts for you to figure that out? My God, talk about proving your own point. Oh, you know what? Upon reflection, guys like Mike are pretty cool. And uh, what was the Cardi B rant, by the way? I was saying that I'm disappointed that she got back with Offset because he relentlessly disrespects her and has all these different uh, children by different women and women can't do the same thing with their bodies just biologically. It doesn't work in that timeline. That's a real divisive statement, Mike. What did I say about my stepdad being 42? Oh, just that my mother tolerated loads of judgment and abuse for dating a younger man when men date younger women routinely because of how power structures are designed. I used to like you on TV, not anymore. As if your bitch ass wrote me an email about that. Peace, incel. Also, it's forwarded from a delivery status notification failure, so the first time he sent it, he sent it to the wrong address. Here's another. Hi, Catherine. I dated a guy for two years who always had me suspicious and questioning his sexuality and faithfulness. Well, you should not date someone that you feel that way about for two years. And I know we can't go back in time in your relationship, but if you are listening and you have the impulse to mistrust someone or check their phone, then it doesn't matter what's going on. What you think is true is true, and you just need to get out. 
Where do I begin? In the first six months of dating, he accidentally texted me after saying goodnight two hours prior that he was coming over and not to anally fuck him. Awfully suspicious. I, I, yeah, I would be suspicious about that. He swore nothing happened and he was only going to return a screwdriver. Maybe that's a new name for a sex move, actually. I mean, I'm 37, so I'm out of the loop. Okay. Somehow, somewhere, I believed him and the relationship went on. Yeah, don't worry. I believed mad things too because I wanted to. The mind is a powerful tool. Through many, many ups and downs, we stayed together until this Valentine's Day when I finally mustered up the courage to look through his phone. As it turns out, he was cheating on me with a woman by the same name who he has introduced me to many times as their neighbors. And she happens to be transgender. He used to make fun of her to me about how she was trans and had fake boobs, fake everything. There were many, many, many photos, text messages, and videos that I will never unsee of those two together on dates and in very intimate positions. Obviously, I kicked him out and I didn't hear from him. Months later, he reached out and tried to get back together with me, have sex with me, marry me. As it turns out, this bitch had a new girlfriend. Love your podcast. Love the Duchess. Love you. Which bitch had a new girlfriend? Your boyfriend or the girl he was seeing behind your back? I have many questions, but my whole takeaway is what a beautiful story about trans women being women. This boyfriend did to you what so many partners have done to us before. Really talked badly about someone he was seeing behind your back to try to throw you off the scent. But your suspicions were correct, as they always are. He's a cheater, and even his own prejudices couldn't prevent him from being attracted to a beautiful trans woman in your neighborhood. And by the sounds of it, it came full circle, and she ended up playing him. So he comes back to you with his tail between his legs, but you're smarter this time. And make sure that the next time you're in a relationship where you feel suspicious, you get out before you have to suffer the indignity of checking someone's phone. I think you should gift wrap a screwdriver set and send it to him as a beautiful parting gift with a note that says, perhaps you believed that through your actions, you anally fucked me. But the thing about penetration, as you have learned, is that it can go both ways. Thank you for the lessons in love and in life. I will never be making a mistake like you again. Here's another about relationships. I don't know why people ask me so much about relationships because I've only had one healthy relationship and it was the one that I'm in now with my husband. Wait a minute, that's exactly why. I've had so many unhealthy relationships that I can spot them a while away. Okay, Catherine, I'm a 25-year-old young woman and I'm going through a breakup at the moment. He broke up with me yesterday while we were watching my little sister, so it's still fresh. My sister went to have her bath and he suddenly burst into tears and couldn't even look at me. He said he couldn't do this anymore. I asked why. He said that he felt he was in the middle of everything. I have no idea what he meant. He was in the middle of my sister and my relationship. I'm 18 years older and have been like a second mother to her. So I know our relationship can be overwhelming for some people. We spend at least one night together a week. He mentioned to me that he felt like he was getting in the way of my sister and I being together. And my sister always asks me if we can have a sleepover or if she can come visit with me. And I often say no because of the plans I already made with him. I also wonder if he meant I was putting him in the middle of a falling out I had with my cousin and her husband, who are his good friends too. I rarely have issues with people, so the betrayal from my cousin was not something I'm used to. 
Then I wonder if he didn't like the boundary we agreed that he should put in place with his ex-fiance that he still works with, who's very close with my cousin. Where do you guys live in, like, the smallest town ever? The reason I bring her up is because in the past, the lack of boundaries between them was our biggest issue. I've been told that my cousin has been badmouthing me and my family, and I believe that would include his ex-fiance because those two have always been like sisters. All right, now I feel in the middle of it. So you have got this overlapping uh, relationship pyramid with exes, cousins, current boyfriend. Your mother is some dynamo who has a baby every 18 years. So well done, because that is the dream. And now you look after your little sister one night a week. So let's just take that issue head on on its own. That is a motherly, yeah, relationship. And you have different responsibilities, maybe from other girls who are 25 years old, young women rather, because you have a maternal duty to this young person. And maybe he feels like the stakes are higher in your relationship because he is emotionally now involved with a child. And maybe he feels a sense of that responsibility too. And he's not ready for it. He hangs out with his ex. The ex is friends with your cousin. He's friends with your cousin. Everyone's in a fight. But guess what? In the middle of it. Yeah. In life, you're in the middle of it. Whether that be health issues, depression, work issues, family fights, trauma, drama, that's life. My question is, I don't know if it's worthwhile for me to ask for clarity and closure on this situation and ask him what the issue actually was. I was pushing myself out of severe depression and trauma when I met him after being single for three years. He really helped me to better myself and create better daily habits. I tried to be better for him because I don't know how to love myself enough to do it for me. I'm heartbroken and I truly love him still. I try to distract myself and move forward, but I keep getting pulled down by these questions and the fresh pain. Wait a minute, fresh pain? Didn't he just break up with you yesterday? He broke up with you yesterday. So you do have to give yourself space with any loss for grief. Definitely don't contact him now. And just because you were in a bad place emotionally or a difficult place when you met him, you might be associating you getting better with you meeting him. It doesn't mean that just because you're not with this guy anymore, you're going to go back to that three years of being depressed and single. You can be so happy and single, and you certainly don't want someone who's going to choose your cousin and his ex-fiance as friends over you or is going to get boggled by being in the middle of life. And also, you will regret turning down sleepovers with your little sister for hanging out with a boyfriend because she's only going to be little for so long. And even if you're 25, I know you, you need to move your life along. You're not her mother. She really places a lot of that awe in you. And it's really important for her development that she gets quality time with you. And that is just the most important thing. I hope you move to a big city. I hope you make friends who aren't your cousin and married to your other cousin and best friend's half-sister with your current ex-boyfriend's fiance. It's too much. You're in the middle of it. And you're going to be fine. Just don't contact this guy. It doesn't really matter what he was talking about. You never need an explanation. I think you have the full answer. I'm going to end on this one that is such hot tea. It is some spicy Sarnia gossip about someone that I know. So a few weeks ago, I received an email and it said, Catherine, my ex is from Sarnia. 
We met in, I'm going to choose a fake city, Montréal, when we were both living there. Accidentally, I fell in love with him, but he moved back to Sarnia and the distance ultimately ended our relationship. Recently, he visited Montréal and we reconnected over gin and tonics. We had a lovely night. He came home with me and we had sex. Part of me wondered, is this the start of my own love story like you and Bobby Kay? A man from Sarnia leaves me, sees the error in his ways and comes back? But after the fact, I discovered that back in Sarnia, he not only has a girlfriend, they are living together and she is a decade younger than we are. I've never been in the situation before of being the other woman. What do you think I should do? I'm angry and I have the compulsion to call his mother and tell her that she has raised one of the top two assholes in the Sarnia area. These are callbacks, by the way, from my specials. If you've not watched my specials, thanks for nothing. Also, I can't help but feel bad for this poor young, young woman who may be normal and ordinary, but is also innocent. As you know, Sarnia is a small place, so if you read this out on your podcast, it may be easy for anyone listening to figure out who the people are involved, so please change my name and details. I always do. So I wrote back. I'm like, who is he? Because I'm going to know this person. That's how Sarnia works. And sometimes I don't know now. I might know a friend of a friend. She writes me back. I know this person very well. I know exactly who she's talking about. And I'm left now with the moral dilemma. Well, who do I spill this tea to? Do I ring my sister, who's actually very close with him? Do I message him directly because he and I have like a method of, I don't communicate with him, but I could if I wanted to. Do I ring his mother and tell her myself? Because mothers, (laughs) we're very happy to go straight to the mother. I don't know why. Like when I dealt with my own daughter and bullying and stuff, I would just go straight to the mothers. And a lot of them don't take that well, by the way, they get very offended. But you're like, well, let's sort it out on behalf of our kids, you know, because I believe mothers are capable of everything. And I had an ex who was really horrible to me. And his mother reached out and was like, oh, darling, you know, I still hope we can be friends. And I was like, fuck off. I blamed her as much as I blamed him. I was like, how dare you raise someone like that? And I took it to the school run streets, didn't I? Or do I ring my mother and try to get some, I just love when there's small town gossip. This is the benefit of being from a small town. However, everyone in my family is asleep. So if I can't get to the bottom of this today, I will get to the bottom of it next week. This is a warning to all you men from Sarnia. If you are cheating on your girlfriends, your girlfriends know me, and I'm not going to tell anyone's name or ruin anyone's life, but I am going to save the life of a young woman who's being dogged by you. So let's ring Joanna and see if I can get her out of bed. Ugh, friggin' bitch Slips, sleeps with her phone on silent. All right. Well, I mean, in fairness, it is 4 a.m. for Joanne. I'm going to call my mom, see if she might wake up. This is so rude, but I have to get the podcast done now because I've been working too much. Also not awake. It is 7 a.m. People should be awake at 7 a.m. in that side of Canada. My dad's going to have absolutely no interest in this. I mean, he does love Sarnia gossip, but he's the least connected to this person. If it was someone he knew, he might care, but he's my last hope and he's always up early. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm well. I knew you'd be up early. Oh, God. Just got home last night, so I just got there and I'm... Kind of just chilling out and not going to work today. I'm just going to do all the yard work and that type of thing. 
That sounds like the opposite of chilling out. Well, I mean, it's just I don't want to mix with people after being near a plane tonight, even though everything went rather well. Yeah. So, um... <clears throat> Did you have an accident and lose blood or something like that? Um, yes. Why? What? Somebody told me and I didn't know. What, what, what happened to you? Oh, nothing. People need to stop listening to my private podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I just, I lost 15. Yeah. This is a few weeks ago. I just lost 15% of my blood. But that's fine because you can lose, I think, up to 20 without any real problems. And then if you lose 40, you die. Yeah. I wanted to ask you something for the podcast, actually, and then I can call you back properly okay. later, just because no one else is awake. I was trying to call Joanne. I was trying to call Mom. It's uh-huh. it's very trivial. You might not like it, but do you mind if I record it? Well, I, I have no choice, I suppose, right? Yes, you do. I'll ask you if it's okay, and then if you don't want me to use it, I won't use it. So I get emails about the podcast all the time and someone emailed me saying that they think that they're dating this guy from Sarnia, but then they found out that he has another girlfriend in Sarnia. I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of lost. This guy is in Sarnia and he's got a girlfriend in Sarnia and all the Sarnia's have just said to me. That's right. He's seeing hoes in different area codes. Well, and she, what did she ask you? She asked if I knew who it was, first of all, and um, mm-hmm. if she should ring his mother and tell her that her son is a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would stay uh, away from it, really. You know what I mean? If she thinks he's cheating, get over a relationship. If you, unless you want to be in a relationship where, you know, a guy has seen little people, which people do, but most people would want to know, and they'd probably say it's over. But what about the young woman in Sarnia who has a philandering boyfriend? I just know, I wouldn't know the handle. I, I would stay out of it myself. But I mean, I'm not in a position like you. If you've got a program and you're giving advice to people, then personally, I've known people from time to time who were philanderers and I stayed out of it. Like who? Oh, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> I knew that you would stay out of it. Fine. Well, it's not... People people have the the overlapping um, way of doing things. Well, it's not the answer I wanted, but it's the answer I'll have to take. All right. Bye, honey. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. What a freaking square. Thanks, Dad. All right. This is a cliffhanger. I'm going to call the more, um, the less political members of my family when they wake up, and I will have a more spicy answer for you next week. Until then, please look after yourselves and each other. If you want to email me, it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. If you want to email my dad, you're not going to get very far. He does voice calls only. No, that's not true. He does send me chain emails and Irish jokes. I really appreciate listening. Sorry, I'm going to get back on doing every week. My work schedule is dying down. I love hearing from you, so please keep them coming and I'll see you soon. Oh, tour tickets have been released. I'm going on tour. If you would like to come see me on tour, it's at livenation.co.uk backslash or slash Catherine Ryan. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.